Well, finally, in this section, I'd like to ask Anna-Elena Mallet, um, who's an independent curator and design and art historian from Mexico, who'll be speaking about um, any others in Mexico. Yes? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I really want to thank Bryony and Marta for inviting me, and it's really an honor to be here. Um, yes. So I have quite a scoop to show you. Uh, and when I prepare my, my talk at first, I was going to talk about uh, the relationship between Clara Porset and uh, Annie Alvers. So I'll skim through that like really quickly to show you what I have to show you. So as you know, the Alverses uh, went to Mexico several times, uh, up to 16 times, I think. Um, and for them, Mexico was really an inspiration. Um, for Annie Alvers, um, folk art was really important uh, as an inspiration and also like a scholarly subject. So Clara Porcet was uh, one of the main reasons they arrived to Latin America. It was in 19, uh, 1934 that Clara Porcet went to Black Mountain College and they established like a very uh, good relationship. She established a very good relationship with the Alverses. So in 1934, they, uh, she invited them to Cuba um, to spend uh, some days there and uh, Joseph Alvers would have a talk uh, in Cuba. So that was like the first, re the first uh, relationship they have to Latin America. Uh, Clara Porcet uh, left Cuba. She was quite a communist, so she was against the regime uh, at that moment. And she arrives in Mexico and really falls in love with Mexican culture. She marries Javier Guerrero, who was a muralist very close to Diego Rivera, and who was quite a folk art collector. So Clara Porcet starts studying the vernacular uh, and the tradition in Mexico, uh, her repertoire starts with uh, the butaque, this very traditional vernacular uh, chair that you can find different versions in different parts of, of Mexico, and it's quite her signature piece. Um, as you can see here, these are other pieces that she develops in, 19, uh, in the 1950s, um, you know, following the, the, the language of the Totonac figures. So Clara Porcet, uh, in 1952, she organizes this show, uh, The Art on Daily Life, of good ob objects of good design made in Mexico, uh, which was quite a statement because she travels for around a year around Mexico to find uh, folk art crafts and to compare <laughs> this uh, first in the National Museum of Art uh, uh, in Bellas Artes then, uh, to compare <coughs> this with the industrial production that was happening in Mexico at the time. So for her, the real modernism, the real modern uh, period should have had having craft people and designers working with industry in Mexico, something that up until today is not happening yet. So hopefully someday. You know? um, and in this, Clara becomes also not only a designer herself, uh, working in different fields, the craft and also the industrial, but also uh, a very important promoter, uh, folk art promoter and design promoter. 
uh, in, 19, in 1959, when a Cuban revolution uh, arrives, Clara decides to leave Mexico uh, to be part of that revolution. She's invited uh, by the Che Guevara and by uh, Fidel Castro to take over the, the new design school that was supposed to be uh, open in Cuba. She, stayed, she stays in Cuba for like four years. Uh, she designs all the furniture with her husband, the guy you see with the small chairs, that's Javier Guerrero. Uh, and they design uh, the furniture for the Unidad Camillo Cienfuegos up in the Sierra Maestra. Finally, uh, Clara decides to uh, go back to Mexico as the revolution was not what she thought it was going to be. And she becomes one of the founders of the School of Design in, uh, in Mexico City at UNAM. Cynthia Sargent uh, arrived in Mexico in 1951 uh, with her husband, Wendell Reeves. Uh, she had studied at Bennington and then Mills College uh, with John Cage. And then in the term of 1945 and 1946, she goes to uh, Black Mountain College. She studies color under Joseph Albers. And this is still a work in progress. I've been working with uh, the family that has the archive. So I don't really know. Uh, we haven't found any uh, evidence yet that she had a close relation, uh, that if she had a close relation to the Alberts. But as you'll see in her work, she has very much an influence of Annie Alberts and, and also Claire. So she arrived with her husband, uh, in 1951 to Mexico, and they very, very, very early, they start uh, getting to know all the intellectuals and artists in Mexico. So their house becomes like a, a, an artistic center. So in 1959, they decide to found a project, to create a project in which emigres, uh, designers and artists could sell their work directly. Uh, not through intermediaries, but like directed to the public. So they create this bazaar. Uh, it was supposed to be a Christmas bazaar, uh, but it's open up until today. Uh, they call it Bazaar Sábado, Saturday Bazaar, and it was, it was meant to be open only on Saturday, so you could have, so artists and, des and designers could have like the whole week to get materials and produce and sell directly on Saturday. So in 1959, they create this project with other like 15 craft, craft people and designers, uh, most of them emigrants from different parts of the world. And quickly, Bazar Sábado becomes like a gathering, a gathering point for designers uh, and for people interested in crafts from all over Mexico. Um, they started creating all these events and organizing uh, events, especially around Mexican festivities, Day of the Dead, uh, Altar de Dolores, during the Holy Week. So it was a, a revision of Mexican traditions through the eyes of the emigrants. Uh, in 1962, uh, Riggs and Sargent, uh, they, they create this showroom in Zona Rosa, which was like an up-and-coming neighborhood in Mexico City. And uh, Cynthia Sargent, they arrived to Mexico because they were very interested in, um, in fabrics, in textiles. And they started weaving, both of them. Uh, and they created this very important workshop. Uh, and in 1952, Clara Porcet invites 
them to be part to be part of the uh, of the people in the in the show uh, el arte en la vida diaria and then in 1956-57 she invites uh, Cynthia Sargent to design the curtain the, the curtain for the for the Milan Triennale uh, the Mexican pavilion of the Biennial Triennale in which you have uh, a p the big piece by Cynthia Sargent you see right there uh, and several pieces of Clara Borset, uh, as well as folk art and craft, traditional craft from Mexico. In, 19, uh, six, in the 1960s, architect Eric Cufal, a uh, uh, architect living in Guadalajara that had arrived to Mexico in mid-50s with Matias Geritz uh, to found the School of Architecture in Guadalajara, invites uh, Cynthia Sargent to create this hook rock, hit this hook rock uh, that was like the beginning of her a new production, a completely new production. And she starts thinking about a pictorial solution, but with threads. Um, so uh, Eleanor Lambert, in, a, in an article that um, she published in the Houston Chronicle in 1967, says she creates abstract painting with steel hooks and thick walls. So this is the kind of work that Cynthia Sargent started doing. Um, and it was very much uh, in fashion in Mexico at the time. And also, she had a big market for exportation. <coughs> she said in one of her notebooks that one of the problems that interests me is putting dissimilar or opposite forms and colors in one design. So she creates a style. Um, and that she calls asymmetrical geometrical. And then in 1964, after her husband dies, she creates this uh, amazing place that it was open for like all, only four years, where she started promoting different designers and craft people uh, from all over the world uh, in a in a small showroom and trying to convince architects and interior designers to get uh, cra Mexican crafts or Mexican uh, or craft producing Mexico into the into the architectural pieces. So I mean, I think this is uh, this is the big scoop. Um, as you know, Camino Real uh, is this hotel in Mexico City uh, that was designed by uh, Ricardo Legorreta in 1968. It was one of his first pieces. Uh, and it was 1968. Mexico was getting ready for the Olympics. Uh, and Legorreta got the commission to do this amazing hotel. So he describes, in an article in Arquitectura Mexico, he describes himself uh, more as an uh, orchestra director. And he invites several people and creates an amazing team to do this hotel. He gets Barragan, Luis Barragan, uh, our only Pritzker Prize and an amazing uh, architect, and Matias Geritz as artistic directors, <coughs> artistic consultants. And then Leonardo Siebert, uh, who was one of the main, main engineers of the time. He designed one of the, no, one of the most iconic um, skyscrapers in Mexico City, Torre Latinoamericana. 
and Bernardo and José Luis Calderón were architects specialized in structures. Uh, so he created a whole team of advisors in which engineering was uh, a, big, a big discussion because you know in 19, uh, 1957 we have had a big earthquake and uh, Camino Real was going to be built in a, uh, in a new developing area. So it was very important for him even though that this was going to be a, a small building, a short building, uh, to have like the structure properly built and studied. So the idea was to create different buildings, short buildings, uh, surrounded by gardens and amazing like public spaces with different works of art. So he got Matthias Gerit to create all these fence. So it was like a, a translucent wall between uh, the street and the hotel. And then uh, he created this amazing uh, wall facade, dividing wall, that at first, uh, this is La Gorreta with Barragan and, uh, and Geritz. Uh, at first he painted in black. Uh, he really saw that that didn't work at all. Uh, so this is the way you find it today. And at, at the moment, Barragan, eh, Legorreta and Barragan did several you know, tryouts, and they ended up leaving it in pink. Uh, so as part of the project, eh, Legorreta was very keen on having a contemporary project eh, with a contemporary language, a contemporary concept, but also with traditional elements. So all around, uh, all through Camino Real, you could see elements like this, uh, that it's a divining, it, it's the uh, divining, dividing wall that could relate to, to an honorary or a seminar. For the interiors, Legorreta invited uh, Charles Sevigny, an American, uh, an American designer uh, that was living between the United States and Paris, uh, and he was very keen on uh, having also uh, someone that would produce the furniture in Mexico and would be able to take the whole uh, interior design project. So for the first time, they talked to Noel Associates in New York, and they got Noel to get to Mexico for the first time. So it was Sevigny and Noel that did all the interiors for Camino Real. They also invited Barbara Rhodes, uh, who was a textile designer, to take care of all the textile production. And this is, I think, a very important thing. They invited several artists to create works for the Camino Real. But the important thing here is they don't create it, they didn't create simple words, but everything had to do with the architecture. So they invited uh, Rufino Tamayo to create this mural, Matias Geritz, Pedro Friedeberg, Alexander Calder, and obviously Anionvers. All of these works, as, as you've seen, are in direct contact with architecture, and all of them are architectural works. Uh, they dialogue with the space, they, you know, they have a, a a room of their own, and, uh, and Barragan, Geritz, and Legorreta had a, a profound dialogue with all of the artists to create those works. 
So, uh, in 1967, Annie Albers delivered the, the textile to Camino Real. Uh, we know uh, that Legorreta and Barragan visited the Alverses in 1967 in New Haven. Uh, they were uh, aiming for Joseph to have pieces in every room of the Camino Real, but at the end they decided to invite Annie to create a piece. This you see. So this is the, the, the register we have from the piece. Um, this was hung on the lobby bar. Uh, we don't know for how long, but in the last like 30 years at least, the piece had been lost. Uh, so these are the photographs from Armando Salas Portugal that he took when the, when the, the hotel <coughs> opened. And the piece had been lost until a year ago. So in, on February the 15th of 2018, we found the piece. Uh, it had been in a storage room at the Camino Real. Luckily, it was like a dark room. Uh, the humidity was terrible, but at least the color is there. This is the way we found it. Uh, why we found it? Because last year, it was the 50th anniversary of Camino Real and they were doing a book, and they were you know, trying to get all the information possible. Since, uh, since it was open, Camino Real had changed administrations four times. So it was really difficult to know, you know what was happening between one administration and the other. And I remember like 15 years ago, Brenda Danilovitz from the Albert Foundation came up to me and said like, do you know where this could be? So every now and then I kept on going to the, uh, to the Camino Real and asked the people, have you ever seen this? No, we've never seen this, we don't know where it is. So finally, no, we found it in one of the storage rooms and plenty of art that they don't know what they have and all the objects they have on those, on different storage rooms at the hotel. So it was quite interesting. Um, this is the way we found it. At first, we didn't know what the new owners of Camino Real wanted to do. Uh, if they wanted to sell it, if they wanted to, to keep it in their house. Uh, finally, we convinced them to restore it. So since, I don't know, like two, almost three months ago, the piece had been under uh, restoration with the National Institute of Bellas Artes. Uh, it had several, several problems. The first one, it was that it was affected by humidity. It has an accumulation of all the material, you know, smoke, grease, uh, bugs. Uh, but I mean, I think they're doing an amazing work uh, cleaning the piece. Uh, the piece was produced by Abacrom, and I think it's very unique in Annie's, in Annie's production because it's not a weaving piece. She had given up uh, weaving by this, by this moment, uh, but it's a textile piece. You know, they, in several books you could see that the Alvarez talk about the walls and how the walls they have seen in Mexico, the Montalban walls or the walls at the Museo Nacional de Antropología uh, that was opened in 64 were very important to them. 
So this piece, as you can see it, the way they Ricardo Legorreta placed it in the, in the Camino Real, was really a wall piece that had a, a direct dialogue with Legorreta's, Legorreta's architecture. Yeah, I know that David Bachelor is going to talk about the triangle, so I'll leave that to, to him. But the piece is everything about the triangle. Um, uh, it's an amazing composition. It's, uh, I think the interesting thing also about this piece is that it's an industrial production. Annie designed it, but she didn't make it. But it's still a text. It's not a threat, no, it's not a threat a piece, but it's still a textile piece and a pictorial piece. Uh, so just seeing it and you know, seeing the whole restoration thing, it's been an uh, in the process, it's been an amazing, an amazing journey. So uh, the Legorreta people, Legorreta studio people, have finally uh, found a place where the piece is going to be shown. Uh, the owners of the hotel finally decided they want to have the piece at the hotel publicly shown, which I think is great. Uh, so late March, I think, uh, we're going to have the piece exhibited at the hotel. Uh, we're registering everything that it's been done. Uh, we've been in direct contact with the uh, Alvarez Foundation for the restoration. So I think this piece is going to bring light into a period of Annie Alberts that have not been studied at all because we didn't have the piece. No? Everything was some speculation. So, I mean, I just wanted to show you this between, no, between Clara Porcet and Cynthia Sargent because also the, the, the owners of the hotel have been very private about the piece. We couldn't tell anyone that we found it because they didn't know what they wanted to do. So finally, they gave me permission to talk about this with you and I think uh, it's a great scoop. So I hope to have you all late March to see the piece in Mexico. Thank you very much.